DJ and PK, it's 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. We're joined by Josh Newman, Utes writer, covers the Utes for the Salt Lake Tribune. Josh, good morning. Good morning, boys. How are you? Good. Are you happy that you are going to be covering football instead of health and politics? Yes. I've done my little fair share of uh, helping out our news team with COVID while staying busy with some stuff on the sports end, but... Yeah, you know, the news yesterday, it felt like something of a return to normalcy. We are pushing steadily, optimistically towards a football season. Yes. So uh, it was a good day yesterday for myself and my fellow uh, and my fellow reporters. Josh, I want to ask you about Mark Harlan and the job that he's done through all of this. But I want to I want to preface it by saying we Gordon and I on the afternoon show, we're talking about this in regards to Tom Holmo, how Poor Kalani Satake, when the the Army game was canceled, had to field all these questions that really have nothing to do with him. And Tom Homo was nowhere really to be heard. Mark Harlan, on the other side, it it seems like he's been available through all of this, answering questions and and really being out in front and leading. But he's still fairly new on the job, obviously. Give me kind of your take on how he's handled this from a leadership standpoint. I think throughout this whole thing, I really do believe that Mark Harlan has been a pretty effective leader. now remember, Utah is a is a very large public school, so uh, to some extent, Mark Harlan does have to be transparent. He has to be out there. He does have to be um, answering questions as the athletic director at a public university. But I, I do feel like he's gone uh, mostly beyond what the minimum expectations would be. I think he's done a good job of um, of dealing with the media, people like myself, and answering questions. Um, about a whole variety of things, especially on the financial side of things, as uh, as Utah is, is dealing with a very large deficit in their fiscal operating budget. The only thing that I've kind of really gotten on him about is, you know, they have not made um, they have not made positive tests, and 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 what's going on with that? They really haven't made that um, open to the public. They've been reporting positive tests to the Department of Health, which is what they are required to do by law but they haven't really made those numbers and those positive tests um, available to the public. But look, aside from that, yes, I I, I do believe he's been uh, very effective in dealing with a great many things that have been on his plate every day. So as the news breaks, there was one report, and I only saw it one place, and that was a 24-7 website report uh, on the UCLA Bruin page that the original vote was seven to five. They had the five dissenting schools. And the USC uh, threatened to go independent, and Utah threatened to join the Big 12. Now, that seems hyper-aggressive to me. I always thought this was going to get worked out. I wouldn't think it would come to that. Do you have any indication of uh, how true, whether it's completely true, partially true, a little bit true, how true that report is? The seven to five voting, I can say, yeah, the seven to five voting is accurate. I have I've talked to more than a few people since since yesterday afternoon. I I have no indication from anybody that Utah was seriously threatening to one to leave the Pac-12 and two to uh, to join the Big 12. That is completely unfounded, as far as I can tell. That seven to five vote, Josh. What do you think whipped those last five votes? Oh. Who who's to say that those votes did get whipped into place? Look, if you have the majority, uh, you have the majority. And once you have that, you present a unified front. And, of course, you're going to say that 
it's unanimous and we were all on the same page and we're all in lockstep. Nobody's to say that it got whipped around to 12-0. It, it, it might have stayed 7-5, to but look, welcome to college athletics. That's how these things work. Everybody gets along. Everybody's on the same page. Once you have the majority, you absolutely present yourselves as being on the same page and, and you present yourselves as a unified front, which the Pac-12 has been doing all along, right? We kept hearing, well, maybe November 7th, uh, maybe October 31st. Some schools can be ready sooner than others. Some schools want to play on Halloween. But no, the whole time they presented a unified front, and that's what they're doing now. We're all going to start together on the weekend of, of November 6th, and that's just what it is. I think that's a good job by the league to, uh, to present itself that way. The five were UCLA, Stanford, Cal, Washington, and Colorado originally. Do you think that, I know some fans are disappointed that there isn't football in October, but do you think part of bringing the five around is, okay, we'll push it back, we'll give you an extra week, because that's really what some of you are worried about? Oh, yeah, absolutely. I do think that's very, very plausible. Look, you got to remember, um, the L.A. County schools, UCLA and USC, they they might have the green light now from their local governments, but they haven't done anything. They haven't been practicing this whole time. Uh, Stanford and Cal still are not able to do anything. So, uh, yeah, you back everything up a week. You give everybody um, six weeks to get on the same page. Uh, everybody has to, you know, get in pads and get in helmets, and they have to take contact, and there has to be tackling. You're you know, you're trying to do this as um, as safely and as prudently as possible, and that includes getting the kids, you know, in order. You know, again, tackling the physicality of the sport. So yeah, you back everything up a week, and look, there's no look. Let's call a spade a spade, right? The you know the pandemic is it's still a problem. It hasn't gone anywhere, but you're you're doing this in a manner where you're giving everybody six weeks hopefully ample time to get on board and get ready to safely play football. So to that extent, yeah, give everybody, you know, the extra week, everybody gets six weeks and hopefully, hopefully on November 6th, everybody's ready to kick off. So DJ and I were laughing earlier about uh, Washington state and the situation they're in uh, with Nick Rolovich and half the team transferred uh, with, you know, as often happens with, with coaching changes and how uh, they're going to be at a bit of a disadvantage because um, new system, new coach, et cetera, new players uh, with Utah. It's they're they're replacing a lot of players, but of course the, the culture and the coaches and all that have been in place for a long, long time. Will that give Utah a bit of an advantage, not only having a, a, a returning coach, but a coach that's been there forever and and those systems in place that will help them weather the storm oh i think that absolutely is a is a massive advantage for utah um you know like you said they're replacing nine starters uh, on defense you still have to figure out who the uh, who the quarterback is uh who gets the lion's share of carries out of the backfield but look head coach stayed it's the same offensive coordinator in andy ludwig uh morgan scally's been there forever as their um as their D coordinator. So um, it's a culture, it's a continuity. And yeah, I think that's a big advantage over, um, over places like Colorado with a new head coach, Washington state with a new head coach. And listen, you know, the, the national polls, they don't mean much, but remember, despite all the personnel that Utah lost, the people voting in the associated press poll uh, still voted them top 25 to start the season sight unseen despite all the personnel. And then I think that speaks 
uh, I think that speaks greatly to what Kyle Whittingham has built here, that the AP voters are, you know, giving Utah the benefit of the doubt, and they voted them number 22 to start the year. Josh Newman, Utes writer for the Salt Lake Tribune, join us here on 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. So five games in the division, one crossover game. I'm assuming that the, the California schools have great rivalries. They love to play each other. Those games are a big deal, and the TV networks will always embrace uh, two teams from top ten markets playing each other. So I assume we're going to see Stanford and USC and UCLA versus Cal. That leaves very few options. Do you think to uh, make TV networks happy, they have a rematch of the Pac-12 title game and it's Utah and Oregon? Or do you think to uh, promote some of their elite teams with better records that they make sure that uh, you know Oregon's playing maybe Arizona or Colorado and Utah's playing uh, Washington State? How, how's that going to work for that last game? I'd probably go with the former just because, you know, again, um, Utah-Oregon, as you said, rematch of last season's Pac-12 title game. And aside from that, that's just two elite teams in the league, right? I, I think, uh, you know, despite all the scheduling craziness and the late start, yeah, Oregon is still probably, you know, the consensus pick to um, to win the Pac-12 going in. Um, USC is, you know, 2-3. Two, two, Utah is kind of in that 2-3 class. So, yeah, from a, from a matchup standpoint, from uh, from an attractiveness standpoint, uh, what might play well on TV? Yeah, I could see I could see uh, Oregon and Utah playing again. Uh, you know that one that one crossover game that is really kind of the fascination right now, right? To see who plays who, and obviously that's going to count in the standings towards a, a division title. Who gets to go to the Pac-12 title game? So uh, to me, yeah, from a scheduling standpoint, that that is certainly the fascination right now. We know that Utah will play the rest of the South Division. And then, yeah, it's a matter of who who from the North they're going to play during their regular season. And, you know, that's going to have major, major ramifications towards um, a South Division title. Josh, Gordon and I yesterday got in kind of a random discussion, and I, I'm curious to your your thoughts on it. I know they haven't decided a media strategy or whether beat writers are going to get to go to the games. We know there's there's going to be no fans, but do you are you hoping that uh, you're allowed to go to the games and cover them in person, or um, I guess do you think you can provide the same coverage with the Zoom calls and those sorts of things? You certainly. You certainly cannot provide the same level of coverage by not being there, right? Um, Zoom calls and phone calls and FaceTimes, you're, the, the fan is not getting the same level of coverage with that versus if I'm allowed to be in the press box or in the stadium. Um, and look, uh, as a beat writer, I understand why I would not be allowed to be in a press box in a stadium. You're trying to limit the virus. You're trying to eliminate as many variables as possible. Um, I hope that, at least at Utah, that they will allow some semblance of home media to be in the press box. You know, we all live local. Um, you know, I'm not going into a different state and, and potentially spreading, you know, the virus. Or So we'll see. You know, it sounds like um, my understanding is most of these Pac-12 schools, um, as of now, most of these Pac-12 schools will allow some semblance of media but it's unclear right now if these Pac-12 venues will allow visiting media. So, you know, that's one of uh, that's one of many questions that you know that still need to be worked out here. But I do hope that at least at Utah, I I, I do hope they will allow at least some home media in there. 
You know, there's the information you get, uh, you know, quotes on the record in, a, in official, you know, interviews, press conferences or whatever. Uh, but a lot of reporting is building rapport with people, which happens over dozens of informal interactions. And so for people who don't do this for a living, who don't understand, I, I personally listen to you talk about this, that yes, I totally get why you would want to be there. But I would also say that being in a press box now, while it would be helpful, I'm certain that they're going to limit it to, I don't know what it'll be, a third, a quarter of the normal people who are in the press box. There'll be some number, and it'll be drastically reduced, which means the other people who aren't there, you may not have as many informal interactions with. It's, it's going to be limiting one way or another. The question is, how much are you going to be limited? Yeah, no, that's very well said. And look, you've been in this market you know, for a long time. Someone like me, look, I've been here nine months. Um, I have not covered a football season yet. I have not covered a football game as a beat writer. Um, look, I was looking forward to to spring practice, you know, to have those face-to-face conversations and build that rapport and build those relationships, and I only got three practices in, so that was tough. Uh, we're not going to have any access to, you know, to preseason practice. As you just said, anything going on in the press box – uh, on game day, on the field, it's going to be severely limited. So for somebody like me, it's it's been a little difficult to you know to build that rapport in this market. But look, this is where we are. Um, we're going to deal with it. I'm going to deal with it as best I can. Uh, other people can judge my work. I feel like I've done a pretty effective job of you know of building some rapport and, and building relationships and and, um, and reporting the news and doing a good job on this beat. Um, hopefully. <laughs> Hopefully, at some point, we can get back to some normalcy, um, especially on game day. You know that that is certainly one thing that I that I have missed about the job in general throughout this pandemic is the lack of face to face interaction. You know, shake somebody's hand, look them in the eye, have a conversation, uh, have an off the record conversation. So, um, hopefully, you know, it's probably not going to happen still anytime soon. But I'm hoping at some point we can get back to you know the normal times, especially on a game day. I'm only slightly trying to kiss up here, Josh, but I think your coverage has been uh, has been really it's been really great. I got to give you credit. I mean, this is a situation nobody's ever been through on the on the radio side, as you can imagine. It's had its unique challenges, but I can't imagine you know covering a program on a daily basis. You're a beat guy. Your job is to to pump out stories and. <laughs> you know, it's it's tough when we're going through all this. So I got to give you credit. But uh, we've all been talking about football throughout all this, you know, grabs the headlines. But basketball also got to go ahead uh, November 25th, I want to say, uh, the start date. What is that going to look like exactly? Is it going to be as business as usual, as close to? Or how are they going to be in a scramble to schedule close games? How How's that going to work? So it's definitely not going to be business as usual. Um, just from the Utah perspective, um, Everything was on hold because, now remember, the Pac-12 had a mandate that said no sports at all until at least January 1st. Um, So Utah's basketball schedule was kind of in limbo. So now what's going to happen is, okay, the Pac-12 has now backed off that January 1st mandate. So now Larry Kostowiak arrives at the starting line. Okay, he has the green light now to go ahead and craft the schedule beginning November 25th. Um, Multi-layered deal now okay they the pac-12 needs to figure out um how many conference games and when they're going to play those conference games originally the league was supposed to play uh was supposed to play 20 league games with two happening in december 
It's unclear if they're going to stick with 20. Uh, it could be 18. It could be 20. Those are the two options. So once you kind of have you know, that framework, how many conference games, then you can start the business of laying out your non-conference games. Uh, Utah was supposed to go to Battle for Atlantis in the Bahamas. Uh, that event has essentially picked up and moved to South Dakota. Uh, indications are that Utah will participate in that South Dakota-Atlantis event. So that's three games. And then you're really going to have to figure out what to do with you know the other three or four non-conference slots you have right uh utah had you know a 10-game non-conference schedule pre-pandemic five of them were at the huntsman center they were supposed to go to byu they were supposed to go to missouri so uh a lot of things to iron out um i think what you will see is just based on conversations i think a lot of those one-off guarantee games that were supposed to be at the huntsman center against teams like Utah Valley and Fresno State uh, and, uh, and Cal State Fullerton, I think you're going to see a lot of that get pushed to next season because there's only a limited number of spaces to fill now. So they're really going to have to you know, play some chess and figure out what works and what doesn't. But um, look, at least we have a green light. At least we can start talking about basketball. And you know, I, I do expect this whole scheduling thing at Utah to – to get resolved pretty quickly here. So hopefully we have some clarity on that very soon. I hope they stick with 20 conference games. I thought that was a great decision by them going 18 to 20. Conference games are routinely more interesting than non-conference games. And I really feel like that's two more home-and-homes. Honestly, I'd be okay if they went to 22. I don't think they'll do that. I don't think I'll ever see it. But I'd be okay with it if they did it. I I love the conference games. 22 would make a lot of sense. And that was on the table there for a while. They were talking about 22 and what 22 would accomplish is it's a true round rock, yes, right? Yeah, all, right? All teams would play everybody home and away. I think that would solve a lot of scheduling problems. Um, conversely, not that anybody's really worried about that, but the more conference games, somebody like the Pac-12 plays, that eliminates opportunities for smaller schools to get these buy games at these major, yep. at, at these major schools because there's just less... Um, there's just less slots to fill. So um, I'm with you there. I would like to see 22. I don't see that happening. And I'm also with you. I do like the move to 20. You play two in December. You know, you, know, you get it cranked up. You get the interest. So um, I do expect it to stay at 20 um, once the dust settles. But we're going to see. You know, Larry Scott said yesterday uh, that 18 was on the table, 20. So we'll see what happens with that. Josh, we appreciate a few minutes, and uh, hopefully you get to cover football games at some point because it's, it's really weird you've been here nine months and you haven't been to a football game yet. Crazy. All right, man. Stay safe, guys. All right. Thank you, Josh. Josh Newman covers the University of Utah for the Salt Lake Tribune, and he has moved here in weird times. Yeah, he has. But, but I, I mean that, by the way. He's been great. Yeah. He's, he's done a terrific job for the trip. I think he works at it. I oh, very much. And I think that's, a, yeah. that's just it, – it's, it's so basic, but that's a big part of the equation. Oh man, you, I, can, I, you can round the edges, you know, cut the corners and all that, but it, it shows up if you do that. Well, so. I'll tell you what; those I've got a lot of respect for for beat guys that really do the gig because it's a, it's a it, is it can a be grind. a real grind. Oh, it's real a grind. huge yeah. grind. I like the way the papers have started to split up football and basketball beats. Not everybody does all the time. I know that, but in the cases where they have, there's such an overlap now. Basketball. This is a normal when. When I was a kid, Thanksgiving was when the college basketball season started. Now they backed it up basically to Halloween. Right. Which I don't really like because I'm in football mode and it just like, it gets lost. 
And I do think, uh, shout out to uh, most, if not all, the beat guys around here that uh, that really do a terrific now job. Now you're sucking up. Look at you go. That's my role. A blanket suck up. I like it. That I was know, a blanket right? suck up. It was a blanket suck up. But, you know. That's uh, my role. I think it's How for, dare the, you? for the most part true. Don't want to throw anybody no, under they, the bus. They do, I think, by and large, everybody around these parts does a pretty yeah. good job. By and large, you left <laughs> in the break. Well, you <laughs> yeah. always have to leave In the break, y'all call sure. somebody Well, out. except for that Locked On Cougars podcast. That guy, okay. that guy, that guy blows. That guy's a hack. <laughs> <laughs> when, we, when we come back, everything you missed in this show will get you up to speed from the NBA playoffs to the baseball playoffs to college football and BYU with a home opener. Stay with us. Take the zone with you wherever you go. Let's go. Download the all-new Zone Sports Network app on your phone and get live streaming of the zone as well as podcast editions of every show. From Salt Lake to Shanghai, Provo to Portugal, or Ogden to Oslo, wherever you go, we'll tag along. Let's go. Download the new Zone app by searching Zone Sports Network wherever you shop for apps. It's the Zone Sports Network app. From 97.5, 1280, The Zone, and The Zone Sports Network. The media sometimes talks about, or social media sometimes talks about, that we that the conference is doing things because of money. This has nothing to do with money. It was never once mentioned as a consideration. The losses that our schools are encountering, and in particular our athletic departments, are huge. The amount of money that will be paid as a result of going back to play is tiny in comparison with the losses. It had no effect on our decision. This is where PK laughed maniacally earlier this morning. I got to say, just the way, and I get when you're the administrator and you're dealing with these big numbers, but having talked to a staffer who is, I would describe as a friendly acquaintance, right? We don't go to dinner. You know who it is. Uh-huh. I told you. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> we don't go to dinner. We don't go to lunch. I've never been to this person's house. But whenever we see each other. Friendly, sure. Sure. Hey, talk and catch up and all that, right? And, and they got laid off. And they understand that. But they they were telling me that there is, and I don't think this is specific to Utah. I think this goes, I don't even know that it's specific to the Pac-12. I think this goes to everything that's happened in the country in the last six months. As a, as a senior executive, you're dealing with these numbers that have multiple commas in them, right? They're huge numbers. It's not a, but to the, the, the grunt level person at a, Forty, eighty, hundred, twenty thousand dollar a job, and I know, it, it, like, if you're at forty, hundred twenty sounds like a gazillion dollars, right? But it's, but the hundred twenty thousand is a small fraction of a department that's losing sixty million, right? And when they hear uh, the load is being shared, you know, and uh, uh, two week furloughs, they're like, uh, two week furlough for someone who makes a half a million or a million, or in the case of a football coach, five million. Seven million for Nick Saban, you know, whatever the number is, three, five, seven, whatever. You know, it's kind of like one football game is worth five million dollars in the Pac-12, and somebody who makes forty or sixty or a hundred thousand dollars is getting laid off or getting furloughed for eight weeks. This person was telling me about someone who's they don't know what their coworkers make, but they're assuming you know this coworker makes maybe fifty grand, uh-huh. you know, and they're getting furloughed for eight weeks. That's rough. Like, do the math on that. Yeah. I mean, you got rent, you got insurance, you got, you know, blah, blah, blah. You got a mortgage payment. Yikes. So I don't know that it's helpful when he sells it this hard. 
it's an infinitesimal amount of money. It's like, no, it's my job and the job of 10 of my coworkers, many of whom I like, a couple of whom I don't, but many of whom I like, you know. So I just, I, I, what are you doing? Well, and it's not, it's not just athletic department money either, right? I mean, ESPN is purging dough. And I'm sure they're leaning on the Pac-12, saying we need we need the product, we need the game. So I mean, there's there's other financial, but that, I, but uh, when you deal with the billionaires and the conglomerates, it's like which money you put in the pocket in. Yeah, right. Like, but ESPN's, those, ESPN's getting hit. Yeah, well, Disney Plus is killing it. Well, yeah, but they're I'm sure telling the Pac-12 like, hey, for our next deal, how, that, you, and, know, you know, how lucrative do you want it to be? Because right now we need product, so we need you now. And that is why. That we're going to see these game sevens played for teams that aren't winning the title. They need product. Yep. They need to recoup the money. They need to give the advertisers something. I was uh, asking somebody uh, who works in uh, in media here, and the big media, right? So let's include TV and radio and newspapers and digital and all that. And they're like, and and this is you know executive who who knows stuff. Like, yeah, how's it going? And they're like, well. Not over the whole six to seven months that, you know, everybody's been getting crushed here. But now, just like the last couple months, we're back up to about 80%. Um, But some of our competitors are probably at 60 or 70%. But that's probably the industry range is 60 to 80% of the revenue. So people are still getting crushed. There's still problems. It's getting better. Um, But I don't know. I just, I, I listened to that Zoom call, and that was the president of Oregon there, Martin Schill. Money is no, like, come on. It's something, and when you tell me it's nothing, I know that's being heard by this person who used to work at the U who's thinking, I know how much money I made. <laughs> so. Well, I just laugh, at, and this, this, by the way, is true across sports, uh, but I, I love it. You can't control the message. Listen, you can't, you can't come out in a Zoom call and go, we never discuss money, and you and the media want to make it all about the money. But, you know, we're actually losing a lot of money. But it's not about <laughs> – you can't control the message. Listen, we're not dumb. You know, we can read between the tea leaves, and a lot of us, and, and again, this is just why it's a pet peeve to me, just come out and say, hey, listen, there's a lot of factors here. And, and there's a lot of money that there trans, are a lot of factors. You know, the, changes hands, and, and we've got to con, con, uh, consider them all and come up with the best solution. That's a way better answer than you and the media say it's all about the money. It's not correct. about the money, he but did. it is about the money. I thought it was interesting, though, in his answer, he corrected himself from the media and went to the social media. Uh-huh. And I was watching live, and I was like, I bet I know. He's going to get some blowback if he doesn't. Then he went to the social media. Then he media, fixed it. Right? But, he we know what, but we know what he meant. He's not, he's not talking about He's yes. talking about the message is what he's talking about. Yeah. He can't, you can't control the message. And so these, the one these way universities you can, try so hard to control The one way you can it. control the message, though, is to provide more access. And across all the sports industry, pro and college, yeah. there is less access than ever. And I get that part Big of time. that, part of that... Well, part of it's just the last six months, and it's not safe to be you know, oh, no, face-facing. Oh, no, it's been going that way for a long but time. But it has been trending this way over five or ten years, if not longer than that. In some cases, 20. Um, and it's been really dramatic lately. And it's just a, nope, can't do it. Nope. And the thing is, it's what I was talking about with Josh. Like, the, the small interactions that build trust, they, in the process, what they build a rapport. That helps the reporter. But... What they also build, two things. One, they build trust in the source. Like, I'm not going to hammer this person because I've talked to them enough. They've told me enough. I kind of see that they see multiple sides to the issue. And so if something happens, I'm not going to jump at them at one thing until I ask them about the second, the third, the fourth, and the fifth. When you haven't built that rapport and that trust, 
then it more quickly moves into that kind of gotcha thing where, oh, you said that. Right. Bust you. Yeah. And in the past, that never happened. I'll just give you just across the board, there were relationships, right? But in the TV sense, we were scheduling Sunday Night Guests. And you can say that shouldn't have an impact. But Jake, it had that an had impact. an impact. Yeah. <laughs> now, someone else can come along and say, oh, that didn't matter. I was tough. I crushed. Oh, sure you did. Yeah. You gave him the benefit of the doubt. And I just think that the more the walls get built up by the newsmakers, whether it's a college AD, uh, a college coach, a pro team. Happens to uh, the pros, yeah. And, and, you know, there was Jerry Sloan. The best. So smart. Yeah. So savvy. And he was dealing with something once, and I can't even remember the details of what it was. But there was something, and it was conflict, and he was talking to people and just calming everybody down. And, you know, team, media, players, you know, whatever. And, and I was talking to Kevin O'Connor about something, and Kevin, <laughs> Kevin would often do something like, yeah, I don't want to talk to you about that. <laughs> no I won't tell you that, but I'll tell you this. You know, and I was like, well, his jury, blah, 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 or whatever. I, I can't remember exactly what it is. He says, I'm just going to tell you this. He wears that John Deere hat and gets all folksy. He's the smartest guy in the room. <laughs> I'm not, I got no more spot on the specifics for you, but just don't yeah. think Jerry's dumb. I'm like, oh, I don't. <laughs> I, I, no. I, don't I don't think Jerry's dumb. <laughs> No, I, so, I, you know, and so it's like he's, but he's building trust and building relationships, and it's a two-way street. And what really gets you to the truth? And sometimes it is being hard, and there's the line, and they cross the line, and you got to call them out. But sometimes stuff has way more layers than that. You ever see the? Uh, Do you ever see the movie um, Spotlight? Boston Globe and a story about the Catholic diocese there. And, oh, uh, I have not, but pres- I know what movie you're oh, talking about. Oh, yeah. okay. So there's a scene in there that really pr- applies to journalism. Okay. And it's old school journalism, but there's a lot of truth in it, and we should all try to hang on to it, even though nothing we do, nothing I do in my career will be a fraction of that story, right? That story has had global reverberations. Yep. I just, at the end of the movie, they go into where it all spun in the ensuing year or two. And you really should see that movie. It's a great movie. It's not a fun Saturday night movie. So well, see, that's why I haven't that. seen it. Because we've actually considered it yeah, a couple right, right, of times, yeah, and then we look into the description and we go, yeah, it's, let's, it's, but let's it's, watch something it's, a little it's lighter. It's very good, and it's very well done. It's uh, worth yeah. seeing. It's totally worth seeing. It was up for Best Picture, I think. But there's one, yeah. there's one scene where, the, well, there's more than one scene, where the reporters want to go with the story. And this is no. You don't have it yet. And the reporter's like, well, we got this, and we got this, and we got this. But you don't have this. And that's not how journalism works now. If you have any crumb of anything, you, you slap go. it up on Twitter yep. in 3.2 seconds before somebody else does, right. right? So this was 20 years ago, but it was a lifetime ago. You know, but that whole depth and peeling back the layers and building the relationships and digging into the details, it really paid off in that story. The movie does a great job of showing how that really paid off. Anyway, I digress. We talked NBA playoffs, so we both agree the Lakers and LeBron are not going to fall into the 3-1 trap that ate up the Jazz and ate up the Clippers and has turned the Denver Nuggets into a national story. Hey, Denver, I don't know if you were planning on playing on 830 on TNT next season, but go ahead and plan on that now because you, you got a brand, you got personality, story. Yep. You are a story, especially... You know, the NBA was going to do this weird thing where they're going to put the West... we got to get the West Coast teams and the stars on TV and East Coast when people are still awake. 
And so they were going to have him play in the early games, which I think is a horrible idea. But if you stop scheduling 8.30 games, you schedule 7.30 games, and you start the Eastern game at 5 in the first half of that TNT doubleheader, you know, the Warriors or the Lakers, that Damian Lillard's the story in Portland, whoever, when they come through Denver and Utah, that's a great time to put them on TNT. I think you're going to see a lot of that coming forward because I don't think the Nuggets are getting it done here. I think the Lakers are going to the NBA Finals. I don't think they'll blow a 3-1 lead, but the Nuggets, they got young guys, and they are good, and they are a story going forward. No doubt. Yeah, I, I mean, let's figure something to do with that 8.30 game. Moving into 7.30 make a huge difference. Look at Yak in there clipping that in case the Nuggets come back and win in 7. He's going to throw that in my face. Obviously, come on. LeBron's not I, I will, that happen. I will eat the hat on my head if they come back and... and uh, is that a Hartford they, Whaler hat? It is a Hartford oh, Whaler wow. hat. Oh, uh-huh. <laughs> wow! I will consume it. I haven't it. seen that logo in a while. The first time I was looking at it, I was like, what is that? Is that like from some golf course you played somewhere? It's or Hartford, the whale, man. Yeah. Now the Carolina Hurricanes. You know, Gordon got me this hat for my birthday. Oh, nice. What a guy, huh? That a kid. Yeah. Uh, we talked a little bit of home opener. We had Jeff, uh, Jeff Grimes. We had a little soundbite from him, uh, BYU offensive coordinator, and he was talking about, hey, I know about Troy, you know, the beat LSU and the beat Nebraska, and they don't play in a league that gets a lot of attention or has a lot of TV games or gets a lot of pub nationally, but they have some good players and they've gotten some good wins. So they've got our full attention, our full respect. Okay, so that's all true. And the Nebraska game was two years ago, so there's guys on the roster who are part of it who know it can be done. Uh, but last year, they got run over by Missouri 42-10. to 10. So just to temper what Jeff said, you know, you don't win all your money games. They should be able to throw the ball a little bit, though. We, we should see what kind of secondary BYU has. So, uh, so Yawk has lined up. Well, actually, PK has two. A whole series of, uh, and I don't want to start naming them because I'm going to leave somebody out and that'll be embarrassing. But a whole series of, we got multiple ex-BYU players we've had on. And the general take that they have either offered or seconded when it's been offered to them is in this game, BYU should be able to drive the ball, control the line of scrimmage, and run it. Teams like Troy, Sunbelt teams, don't tend to have the size, and they certainly don't have the depth and yeah. the experience in the defensive line. Now, BYU's not going to have their entire offensive line. We know that. But I think they're going to have enough guys, and they have eight starters back from last year. They should be able to win the line of scrimmage and move them around and run the ball. But what these teams typically have is skill players who have been overlooked. They were late bloomers, or they were a good receiver, but it was a bad O-line at their high school and a bad quarterback, and they didn't get a chance to show their stuff. Skill players can slip through the cracks easier than the linemen. No doubt. So, you know, is Troy going to be able to come up with big plays to throw the ball? They've got Maybe they've got some speed, and, and they've got some guys who can make plays, and, and they'll keep themselves in the game. Uh, that Nebraska win was 24-19. You know, mm-hmm. BYU should fear that kind of game. You miss a couple field goals, you kill a drive with penalties, you kill a couple drives with turnovers— the next thing you know, you're in a game. Now, if you're going down there and you're putting the ball in the end zone and you go down and put the ball in the end zone again, you'll probably be fine. And BYU should be able to do that. I, I expect it. Well, I think they're 14, 15-point favorites for a reason. Yeah, no doubt. And the line looks good to me. That seems to be, that seems to be a pretty good ballpark. Both teams are 1-0. BYU blew out Navy and Troy blew out in Middle Tennessee. So, That's 8-15 on ESPN tomorrow night. We spent a lot of time talking uh, college football. Uh, the, the games this weekend, they're better because the SEC's playing now. All we've had is ACC. We're going to have some SEC now. So we got ranked teams, but uh, number 8, Auburn. Number 23, Kentucky is on the SEC network. That's no good. The ACC network has number 21, Pitt, and number 24, Louisville. Those would be your big games. It still doesn't feel real yet, does it? I'm going to watch it. 
<laughs> LSU and Mississippi State, CBS, 130. I'm going to watch it. Yeah, see if LSU's win streak gets snapped. Obviously, 15 in a row last Mike year. Mike Leach, hello. Yeah. Yeah, right. That's probably the game. I mean, it's KJ Costello, the former Stanford uh, That kid, sell that CBS game. I'm just saying, I'll be watching that one. DJ and PK, your feedback coming up next. And it's all over almost here. Don't go nowhere. Let's go. The Big Show. It's a big deal. With Gordon Monson and Jake Scott. You see him on the Pac-12 network. Yogi Roth with us. How many contenders do you expect this year? I would have picked USC to win the South and Oregon to win the whole thing. In a non-pandemic year. And Penesal was still there. And Thomas Graham Jr. And Jason Fele and Elijah Vera Tucker. But those players, late as of now, have opted out. And others on those respective teams. So I pair that with some of the players that have opted out and are transferred. You have to look at it like that. And then I look at teams like Utah, Oregon State, you know, some of these teams that have been able to work out during this, to me, it gives them a dramatic advantage coming into the season. I think it could be a wild year in this conference. Man, it's going to be fun. The Big Show, weekdays from 2 to 7 on 97.5, 1280 The Zone and The Zone Sports Network. So if we're coming back, can we play BYU again? Because my daughter that's 15 has never seen BYU win a game against us. It'd be fun to keep the rivalry going. Have you seen DJ? He's a handsome kid. I don't know what's going on there, but I sense it ends poorly for me. Uh, Gordon was talking about a different DJ, but okay. But Austin thought that uh, you would enjoy that clip here in the morning. Would mornings. you like the full clip? I can play the full I one if you want. Probably wouldn't, but whatever. Go ahead. <laughs> Have you seen DJ? He's a handsome kid. Just personal <laughs> shot after personal shot. And That's because I'm jealous. And then backs it back. Oh, I'm just complimenting yeah. DJ. Yeah. You know who's playing Have You Seen DJ as a handsome kid every morning from now on? <laughs> Oh yeah, every that's true. morning. <laughs> Austin put that together because because Gordon was saying DJ Bowlerjack is better looking than Craig Bowlerjack. Ah, there it is. And DJ, of course, uh, the the store. Check it out. They've uh, he's been on the air a bunch lately. Time for your feedback. Got a poll question up. The Lakers win 114-108. They lead the Nuggets 3-1. Will the third time be the charm? Will the Nuggets finally be beaten? 29% believe Denver will rally again. 71% says the Lakers aren't the Clippers. And as the Jazzy Ute adds, asterisk or the Jazz. Couldn't fit it all in in 25 characters there in the poll question, but I get your point, Jazzy Ute. And the kid Jay Fox says the Lakers definitely just signed their death certificate. <laughs> Laughing, crying emoji. How many of those jokes did we see online yesterday? Nonstop. Nonstop. It was a Constantly. race to make them. It yeah. was a race. How quickly can I make that joke? I think, I think uh, Miami and the Lakers finish it off uh, in the next game. Boston should be able to force a longer series. I just don't think there's that big a difference between those two teams. Does Boston, here's a question for you, can you have too much talent? Does Boston have too many guys? Yuck! Not enough shots to go around. That's right, you don't even know. You you know, that's who I was talking about. I remember. And is it still true? Um, I was right then and I'm right now. Well, you've heard Locke's hot take that he thinks Jalen Brown is going to be the the next Mm -hmm. kind of name on the move uh, for that. uh, That's not a bad, it's a little bit of a shot in the dark, but a shot in the dark's go, it's not bad. I'll I'll say this. It is it has been shocking to me that Boston cannot figure out a zone. It is still shocking to me how badly they goofed up game one. Yeah. They messed that thing up and I'm cleaning it up for radio. 
And oh, hey, and I'm, I got to admit, isolation at the end, they were scoring at will. Why are you doing anything different? Because coaches outthink themselves. Shooters. Shooters. Too many shooters. Too many shots. Not enough shots to go around for all the shooters. Shooters. Too many shooters. Too many shots. Not enough shots to go around for all the shooters. Not enough shots to go around for all the shooters. Shout out to Johnny Lightfoot. Johnny Lightfoot! Pac-12 is going to play seven football games. Top two after six play for the title. The other ten play each other the day after. Is that good enough? Jim Bob Cooter. Bunker Inspector. You are the king of the dumb question, Dave. Wow. Sitting on about, uh, I don't know, 50 responses. You calling all those people dumb for participating? Come on, Jim Bob Cooter. You can take shots at me. Taking shots at the audience? Come on, Jim Bob. I wouldn't worry about it too much. Jim Bob. Jim says, I can't wait until the day after when the bottom two play for 11th place. Okay, there's something that's wrong with me because I enjoy that more than I enjoy seven versus eight. The battle for the bottom? You Absolutely. enjoy more than uh, something else? Absolutely. Wow. If, you, if you tell me at the end uh, who's not going to be good. Uh, Colorado and Washington State have new coaches, right? Uh, if they, Washington State's had guys leave, right? If they're both 0-6 and they play each other, am I going to sit there and watch three hours of that? Probably not because there'll be other games on. So I... I can't tell you that I'll lock it down and watch it. But will I absolutely look at a box score, watch highlights, and make sure I know who won and how that went? Yeah. Here's what they need to do, David. Uh, I know you're in a fantasy football league. I'm uh, sure your league isn't one of those that punish the the team that comes in last place. But that's what they should do with some sort of uh, humiliating— Yeah, our, our team does do that. Do our, you really? Our, yeah, yeah. What's, you your, know what what's your punishment for last? You have to be the commissioner next year and handle oh, all the details. Oh, that's a good one because <laughs> that sucks. It does. Yeah, that's, that's a it. good one because that sucks. And I, I cannot win the league, but I never lose it. There you go. I am perpetual. I am the king. It's 10, it's 10 guys, mostly from college. Right. And I am the king of third and fourth place. Of not taking I'm last, the, though. You know what it is is that you have to take a total flyer and hit— to win the league. The person who does always does that. And I, I did finish like eighth once one year. I just got crushed by injuries. Um, but you have to make some pretty serious mistakes usually to end up at the bottom. So what would, and be, a good, bad luck. What would be a good punishment for uh, the last team in the Pac-12? No tutors. <laughs> Take last. No, you see all these do uh, all your homework, and everything by yourself. <laughs> do your homework on out. your own. You're going to have to because so, you can't have a tutor. To see those teams really desperate not to finish last. You know, if you hadn't missed 13 tackles in that game, maybe you'd have a tutor. We'd have tutors. <laughs> see? Huh? What Running through arm tackles, that's a you problem. <laughs> it'd be more, I like be it. more motivated if they knew the tutors were on the line. What? Guys, we got to win. I got a test on Monday. So that doesn't appeal to you at all. There's two 0 and 16. No, I can see it. Yeah. I, I can see it. I get it. All right, DJ and PK, we're out of time. Hans and Scotty are up next. Mountain West Conference has a press conference at 11 o'clock. We're going to get the details on the Aggie season and uh, more on what the Mountain West plans to do. Hopefully, they'll look ahead to basketball, too. Scotty and Hans will have all of that for you coming up in an hour. They are next.